Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode, we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as His people. In this episode, we will discover how and why God is setting the nation of Israel on a course to ultimately stand alone against every nation. In December 2018, President Donald Trump announced that the United States would be withdrawing its troops from Syria. And this announcement came as both a surprise and a concern over the stability in the region, particularly Israel's northern border. The announcement came less than a week after a phone conversation between President Trump and President Erdogan of Turkey. Turkey had demanded the U.S. rescind its support of Kurdish forces fighting ISIS in the northern part of Syria. Ironically, both the U.S. and the European Union have labeled the Kurdish army PKK as a terrorist group. President Erdogan favorably responded to the news of the pullout by inviting President Trump to visit Turkey in 2019. Many accuse the president of betraying Israel, given the U.S. presence in Syria has kept both Russian and Iranian forces at bay. And unfortunately, Turkey is now meeting with Russian officials to devise a military strategy for Syria a plan that will likely involve Iran and President Bashar al-Assad, who is seeking to destroy all remaining military groups fighting against Syrian forces, including ISIS and the Kurdish army. With the United States pulling out of Syria, one thing is becoming clear. Israel's lesser enemy, ISIS, will likely be replaced with a much larger one. Any remaining ISIS forces would probably retreat to Iraq, where they would continue to battle U.S. and Iraqi military troops. Or they might assimilate into the Syrian army to fight against their even greater enemy, Israel. So here is the question. Why would President Trump make this decision when he should be able to foresee its detrimental consequences? I've heard some tell me they believe the president has a secret strategy, a covert plan to allow Israel to strike at Iranian forces in Syria. And by withdrawing U.S. troops, it will give Israel the green light to openly attack without risking American lives. This scenario seems unlikely, given that Israel maintains a defensive military policy, never preempting any attack unless war is with all certain inevitable. The Jewish people value life, and every man or woman who dies erases their progeny, an entire generation and every generation that follows them. And most Israelis feel that military conflict with Syria, at least for now, can be avoided. So I personally do not believe that President Trump had a workable plan for Syria, nor do I believe he could ever calculate with certainty the outcome of his decision. Every human action is made with calculated risk. While I'm sure the president weighed these risks, he is not able to predict the future. I do, however, know the one who not only knows the future, but with meticulous calculation is sovereignly controlling the affairs of humankind to bring his plans into present history. He is the one who has and will always have a perfect plan and destiny for the nation of Israel. He knows the exact outcome of every human decision because he orders it to fulfill his purpose. Of course, I'm speaking about the God of Israel, and I believe he holds the heart of every president in his hand. 
Like a river of water, he turns it wherever he wishes to accomplish his will for the only nation on earth born of his covenant, the nation of Israel. So you see, if Mr. Trump knew the Lord's precise plans for Israel, then effectively he becomes their savior. But it doesn't work like that. God is sovereign over the nation of Israel and her land. She is the Lord's heritage and the apple of his eye. And the primary question we need to be asking is this. Lord, help us to understand your will and purpose for Israel at this crucial point of time in their history. Just like the disciples asked Yeshua in Acts chapter 1, they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? President Trump's decision, ironically, on the Hebrew calendar came one day after the 10th of Tevet, a minor fast day in Judaism. The day is observed in mourning for the siege of Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylonia, which ultimately led to the destruction of Solomon's temple and the conquest of the kingdom of Judah. While there is no direct correlation in Jewish tradition, prophetically the fast comes about one week after Hanukkah, the feast of dedication commemorating the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem. The timing of these two observances should prophetically begin to lay out God's pattern for how he deals with the rebellious nature of the Jewish people. The siege by the nations against God's people and his holy city of Jerusalem is followed by their attempt to desecrate his temple. We read in Zechariah chapter 12, it says, And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. These attempts to destroy God's people come at the hand of his miraculous deliverance and the rededication and consecration of his holy temple. Now, presently, the church is the spiritual temple of God. And soon we will not only see, but will labor with Christ in the task of physically restoring Israel, rebuilding his temple in Jerusalem and establishing his kingdom over all the earth. From Scripture, we know that a major battle will ensue against Israel before the return of Yeshua. We read in Ezekiel chapter 38, it says, It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land, so that the nations may know me, when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. This war is called by several names, including the War of Gog and Magog and the Battle of Armageddon, or more accurately, the Battle of Mount Megiddo, which in Hebrew is it is also evident from Scripture that Israel will stand alone in this war. As we read in Zechariah chapter 14, it says, For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Daniel prophesied that until the time of this war, Israel and her people would face desolations. We read in Daniel chapter 9, it says, The end of it shall come with a flood, until the end of the war desolations are determined. And Yeshua wept over Jerusalem, knowing the suffering that would befall the Jewish people. He cried out in Matthew 23, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets in stones, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This war of Gog and Magog 
will be led by a specific group of Muslim nations that surround Israel. These are referenced in Psalm chapter 83. It says, For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. The tents of Edom and Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyr, Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. These proxy nations will be supported by a larger contingent of superpowers and spiritual principalities mentioned in Ezekiel 38, who will ultimately draw every nation into this conflict with God's people. We read, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Osh and Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Osh, Meshech, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all its troops, the house of Targama from the far north and all its troops, many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. After many days you will be visited. In the latter years you will come into the land of those who are brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. You can begin to see the pattern here of the Gentile nations aligning with Scripture, partly in response to President Trump's decision to pull out of Syria. Notice, however, that it is the Lord Himself who is making this alliance by putting hooks into their jaws. There is scholarly debate around which modern-day nations are specifically referenced in Scripture as the names have changed over the millennia. Is it Turkey, Syria, Iran, Russia, Libya, Sudan, Ethiopia? It really doesn't matter. What is important to recognize is that Israel will continue to face intensifying conflicts and desolations, and she will ultimately stand alone in her final conflict against every nation. We'll explore why in a moment. During this final conflict, we know that the Antichrist will come to power. We read in Daniel chapter 9, it says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. This is the seven-year tribulation. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. When the Antichrist is exposed as the false Messiah of Israel, he will turn his wrath against the Jewish people. But the Gentile nations will come against him and Israel to destroy his kingdom and finally gain control of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. As we read in Ezekiel chapter 30, For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near, it will be a day of clouds, the time of the Gentiles. And it will be at this time when all the nations have surrounded Jerusalem that Yeshua will return to the Mount of Olives. There he will destroy these invading armies and establish his kingdom in Jerusalem forever. Israel is not truly alone after all. 
as we read in Ezekiel 37, it says, The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. And then Ezekiel chapter 39, the Lord says, So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nation shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. The Lord has given many promises concerning Israel that have yet to be fulfilled. And as we near the end of the age, the evidence of God's prophetic word being fulfilled for Israel will become more clear. Some of these prophecies have been fulfilled in part. For example, the reestablishment of Israel in 1948, and to a large degree, the gathering of the Jewish people back to their land. But other prophecies remain mysteriously concealed. Throughout time, the Lord has used the Gentile nations to bring his judgments against Israel, purposefully to humble his people so that he might deliver them from the hand of their enemies. And each time the Lord has demonstrated his sovereign power over Israel, the nations are reminded that he is the God of Israel. Israel was commanded not to turn to other nations for military help, for the Lord declared that she alone was to become the head of the nations, not the tail. Just as we read in Exodus 23, the Lord said, You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. In turn, the Lord would use Israel as his vessel to execute his righteous judgments against the nations that tried to destroy her. We read in Isaiah chapter 41, it says, Behold, I will make you, Israel, into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chafe. So this is God's paradox, that he judges Israel by bringing the Gentile nations against her, and then in turn raises Israel in power to bring his judgments against those very same nations. As we read in Romans chapter 11, it says, For God has committed them all, Jew and Gentile, to disobedience and judgment, that he might have mercy on all. If we understand that prophecies concerning Israel will be fulfilled incrementally, then it should become evident that Israel will not only become further isolated from the nations around her, but through these conflicts, the Lord will eventually raise Israel in military strength to execute his righteous judgments against these nations. Israel is now a military superpower. It has the world's most technologically advanced army, ranking 16th globally by website Global Firepower, and is one of the top weapons exporters. Israel's success derives from its risk-taking culture, brilliant creativity, and thinking out of the box, attributes shared by no other country. Israel's overall success defies reason, and with Iran's exertion of nuclear dominance in the Middle East, some are wondering if Israel might soon become the regional superpower supplanting the United States. The U.S. News & World Report annual international survey found Israel to be the eighth most powerful nation in the world for the third year in a row. How could such a small country take over the role of leading the free world? It sounds absurd. Yet I believe that Israel will continue to grow in economic, political, and military power until all the armies of the earth eventually come against Jerusalem as prophesied. Former IDF Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General Benny Gantz, announced that he has registered a new political party, which he will lead. The name of the party is Hossein L'Israel, Israel's Resilience. 
This name makes a prophetic declaration about Israel's resolve to eventually stand alone against every nation. And the Jewish people know that not one nation, not even this nation, can permanently be trusted. And I believe the Lord is causing this to happen. So why would God set Israel on a course to ultimately stand alone against every nation? Well, it's because he desires to prove his love and faithfulness to his people. And he will show them that he is their only Savior. In their first commandment, God required that Israel was to have no other gods before him because no other gods could ever deliver Israel from her enemies. If we follow the biblical analogy that God uses the Gentile nations to humble the Jewish people, we see in Scripture that he has a plan to gather them back to Jerusalem. Here he said he will blow his fury and anger on them through the nations that surround Jerusalem so that the Jewish people would be humbled in his presence. We read in Ezekiel chapter 22, it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As men gather silver, bronze, iron, lead, and tin into the midst of a furnace to blow fire on it, to melt it, so I will gather you in my anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you. Yes, I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in its midst. In Israel's final moment of impending destruction, when the Gentiles have surrounded Jerusalem, the power of the holy people will be completely shattered and Israel fully humbled. Then the Lord himself will deliver Israel from the hand of her enemies. And he will be accompanied by a heavenly army, and he will destroy the nations of the earth that have come against the Jewish people. As we read in Zechariah chapter 12, it says, Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. We are living in a season where God is beginning to sift the nations. He is separating the goats from the sheep, and still there is much biblical history that is yet to unfold. The question for us is this, will America remain a sheep nation, one that stands with, protects, feeds, clothes, and comforts the Jewish people? I pray, and I suspect we will, at least for the near future. The Lord has revealed that military conflicts, what Yeshua called desolations, are coming to Israel. And through these conflicts, I believe for the time being again, that the United States will stand with Israel. Could these conflicts further align the Muslim nations in preparation for the end times war of Gog and Magog? Only history will tell. And unfortunately, biblical prophecy is often not fully realized until it is fulfilled before our eyes. Like Yeshua's disciples, we look back into scripture, not to go back into the past, but to establish a point of reference in the past from which we can clearly look forward. Until the end and the time of Israel's restoration, let us continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the protection of Israel, and the salvation of the Jewish people. And may it be so even in our generation that a great harvest would come to Israel and all the nations. Amen.
If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.